Well, today is week four in our series during the month of May, titled Thrive. And during this season, when everything around us outside, trees and flowers, shrubs and and grass is thriving, blooming, blossoming, growing and flourishing, we've been talking about in the same time period, what does it mean for us to thrive personally? What does it mean for us to thrive? God has not made us to just live ordinary lives, but extraordinary lives, as we just sang. God has made us not just to survive life, but to thrive. Even in the midst of difficulties and challenges, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, even in the midst of heat and drought, like we talked about last week from Jeremiah chapter 17, we can still thrive. And... uh, The analogy, the picture that we've been using throughout this series is of a a tree, an oak tree in Geneva, Alabama. This tree is uh, known in southern Alabama as just the tree. It's at the confluence of two rivers, the Pea River and the Chattahoochee River. And this tree is also called the Constitution Oak because it's an oak tree that's been around for almost 300 years. It's long or longer than the Constitution of the United States. Here's a picture of the tree. Isn't that amazing tree? That tree is thriving. That tree is planted by the riverbanks of those two rivers that I mentioned. That, that tree has uh, roots, an extensive root system down into the water. And that tree has uh, branches that extend out to others. That tree has roots and that tree has reach. And so that tree is thriving. In the same way, we can thrive as we have roots and as we have reach. Roots, just a little review, refresh, where we've been. Roots and reach equals thrive. Uh, the scriptural basis for this series that parallels with that analogy, the picture of the, the tree, the Constitution Oak, is Psalm 1, verse 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they, instead, they delight in the law of the Lord, the word of God, meditating on it day and night, They are like trees, here's the analogy, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Uh, Jeremiah 17 is the other passage. It provides the basis for our, our series. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees. Again, the analogy. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. I love it. And of course, our theme song that Tom and the band just led us in in worship titled Thrive. We are not meant to just survive, but to thrive into your word. We're digging deep to know the Father's heart. That's roots. Into your word, we're digging deep to know the Father's heart. Into your world, we're reaching out 
to show them who you are. And Diana picked up on that so well in her ministry. And then for us, we, we're reaching out into our world. We're reaching out to show them who you are. So uh, in this series, uh, we've been focusing so far on our roots, the roots part of the roots and reach. We've been focusing on uh, developing and feeding our root system. And what have, we, what have we covered so far? Let's do a little refresh again. What have we covered so far in developing and feeding our root system? How do we feed and develop our root system? By digging into God's word, uh, through prayer. We develop our root system by Christian community, by being rooted in community, Christian community, one another, that we develop roots one with another and our roots are together. Uh, and also we develop our root system by being rooted in truth and trust. Truth and trust. And we talked about that last week. Knowing the truth about ourselves, being honest with ourselves, uh, truthful with ourselves when it comes to areas where we need to grow, areas where we are broken, areas where we struggle with sin, areas in ourselves where we're not aligned with God's plan and purpose and will and way or values. And so we need to be honest about that if we're going to grow. And then also the truth, being rooted in the truth of God's word, the truth of God revealed in his word, and then being rooted in trust. Trusting not just ourselves and uh, our own ability, our own human capacity, but trusting in God and leaning not on our own understanding, but trusting God and for our lives. So that's, um, so, th- so this is it. A strong root system Built on God's word, through prayer, rooted in Christian community, built on truth and trust, leads to reach. A strong root system leads to reach. Leads to those branches being extended and our lives being extended to others. The roots lead to the reach. So what does reach uh, look like? What does reach look like? Well, we're called to do something. We're going to close service with a song called Do Something. We're called to do something. Uh, we're, we're, if not us, who? If not now, when? We are the hands and feet of Jesus, and so we're called to do something. So what does roots and reach, what does reach look like? Reach reveals itself in acts of love and compassion, works of service and mission, and by practical, uh, caring, helping, and supporting others. Let me say that again. Uh, reach reveals like, itself like this. Acts of love and compassion, works of service and mission, and practical, caring, helping, and supporting others. That's what reach looks like. What does reach look like? It looks like this crew of seven last Saturday, eight days ago at our Habitat home build. Crew of seven from Asbury at the Habitat home build uh, last Saturday, quite a crew, working so so that a family in a few short months will have shelter, will have a place to stay, will be blessed, building that home to bless a family. That's what REACH looks like. What does REACH look like? It looks like uh, 25 people out at the Forward Garden. And uh, the, a week ago, 
we spent uh, a couple hours out at the forward garden. It was great getting our hands dirty uh, in the soil because what we're doing is reaching out, planting seeds that will be watered and nourished and then bring forth food for those in need in our community, healthy food for those in need in our community. What does reach look like? It looks like those 25 working out there. What does reach look like? It looks like uh, uh, yesterday, 25 people at the drive-thru, 25 volunteer servants. We had seven volunteer servants at Habitat and 25 out at the Forward Garden and 25 yesterday at the Brat drive-thru. Why? To raise money for moms and babies in crisis. And $1,400 was raised for CareNet to help moms and babies in crisis. CareNet's our mission of the month. So that's what REACH looks like. So thanks to all the leadership over the last three weeks, Jim Bolt, Brian Arndt, Ryan, and, just, and, and all of you volunteer servants that have been a part of Habitat and have been a part of Ford Garden and been a part of the Rod drive through raising money for CareNet. Man, that's, that's Asbury in the community, reaching out. Thanks. Just making a difference. So Asbury rooted... Rooted, right, first, we're rooted in God's word. We're rooted in prayer. We're rooted in Christian community. We're rooted in truth and trust. And then what naturally follows is Asbury in the community. Asbury reaching out, extending our branches, extending a blessing to others. So let's talk a little bit, a little bit more about what that looks like. We extend a blessing, and as we extend a blessing, we thrive. It's not just roots, and it's not just reach. It's roots and reach equals thrive. <clears throat> as many of you know, I grew up on a dairy farm uh, in southern Wisconsin, hour south of here, three miles east of Judah. And uh, we raised corn for the dairy cows, you know, and harvested that corn every fall. And in, in a field, we would plant a big plot of sweet corn. And there was about three or four weeks in the summer where, like, we had sweet corn, like, every night. <laughs> and some nights it was just, like, the only thing on the table was sweet corn and tomatoes. <laughs> and sometime mom would throw in a hot dog, so you got to have some protein <laughs> or something, some meat, right? <laughs> no, just kidding. But we saw mostly, like, five or six ears of sweet corn for dinner and a couple tomatoes, and that was, that was, that was pretty much it. Um, in uh, late July, early August, all the corn would ripen up. And so I remember the days we would grab a whole bunch of uh, big brown uh, burlap gunny sacks, like big brown burlap bags. And we'd go out to the field with a truck and we would load these gunny sacks full of sweet corn. And we would pick 20, 25, 30 dozen uh, ears of corn, put them in the gunny sacks, put them in the back of the truck, bring them back into the yard. And then we would take all those big brown burlap gunny sacks, put them under a tree, a tree that was between the house, I could still see it, between the house and the barn, and we'd get our lawn chairs out, all the whole family, and we would husk all the corn, 20, 25, 30 dozen ears of corn, and we'd put them in pans, and then mom would take them in the house, and she would uh, boil the corn, and then cut all the corn off, and put all the corn in little bags, freezer baggies, and we'd have 80, 90, 100 
freezer baggies of sweet corn that would last us the whole year. I mean, from late July to late July, those 800 bags of sweet corn, we just, we just pull them out of the freezer, thaw them, and eat them. But what I remember most about this whole experience was this, getting back to the yard under that tree. Because in late July, August, it's hot. And we were sweaty. And we couldn't wait as kids to get under the tree and have some relief. Have us get some water and get some relief uh, from the heat and the sun. And the cool breeze would come and the shade of those branches and leaves would be over us and we would feel refreshed. And we'd just peel the corn, put it in the pan, peel the corn, put it in the pan, but the shade of the tree. That's a picture in my mind of what we are to be for one another. We are to be shade. We are to have our branches extended to provide relief for people around us who are who are experiencing heat and drought in their lives, who are experiencing stress and strain in their lives, difficult situations, circumstance in their lives. And so we can be extended branches. We can be leaves. We can be a cool breeze to bless those around us. And one of the most positive ways that we can extend a blessing is through our words. One of the best ways we can provide shade and relief is through our words. You know, we, we, we've established that it's acts of love and compassion and works of service and mission and, and uh, practical caring, uh, serving, and loving others. But one of the best ways is through, through our words. Now, some of you are probably thinking, I can throw shade with my words. I do that quite regularly. <laughs> I'm not talking about throwing shade with your words, okay? I'm not talking about throwing shade. I'm talking about being shade for others to provide relief and blessing. One of the best ways we can extend a blessing is through positive, encouraging words. Solomon in the Old Testament, uh, in the book of Proverbs, talks a lot about the power of our words. He talks about the fact that our words are powerful. They, they can build up and bless, and our words can also tear down and destroy. And uh, it's one of the most dominant themes of the book of Proverbs, if you re read the book of Proverbs. The words, mouth, lips, tongue, and words are mentioned 150 times in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters, so that's an average of five per chapter, talking about the power, the significance, the effect of our words on other people. Let me just give you a small sampling, okay? Are you ready? Psalm, I'm, I'm sorry, Proverbs 13. We'll start there, Proverbs 13, verse 3. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Proverbs 15, 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 17, 27. A truly wise person uses few words, 
A person with understanding is even tempered. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. Uh, that Proverbs 18, 21 in the message paraphrase, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. And we have a choice every day whether our words are poison or fruit, whether they kill or give life. Just take a moment, let those verses soak in. The wisdom, the inspiration of God's word about the power and significance of our words. I'm sure all of us here this morning have been affected, positively and negatively, by the words of others. Think about yesterday. Think about this past week. We've been positively and negatively affected, impacted by the words of others. Words have the power to motivate or to discourage. Words have the, the power to energize or demoralize. Words have the power to inspire or create despair. Here's another uh, proverb, proverb uh, 12, verse 18. Some people make cutting remarks, sarcasm, etc. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Many a wife has lost her ability to love because of the constant barrage of demeaning words directed at her. Many a husband has left a marriage because of the steady stream of words of disrespect and lack of affirmation. Many a child has had his or her spirit broken and future altered because uh, of the put-downs and the disparaging words of one or both parents. Words can hurt and words can heal. Words can kill and words can give life. One of the best ways that we can extend our branches Provide shade and relief. One of the best ways we can extend our hearts and lives to others is by expressing positive, encouraging, affirming words. So do you, do you want some more evidence <laughs> from Scripture? <laughs> okay, Proverbs 12.25. Proverbs 12.25 says, Worry weighs a person down, and encouraging word cheers a person up. <laughs> encouraging word cheers a person up. Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, 
sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. That's what pleasant words are, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And then one more, uh, Proverbs 25, 11, like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. This is God's word to encourage us to be careful with our words and, and to understand the importance and significance of our words. The Apostle Paul picks up on this, and this theme when he writes to the church in uh, Ephesus, when he talks about the importance of words, when he says in, in one of my favorite past verses, Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification. What does edification mean? Edification means like to edify. Edifice, the word edifice, a building, to build up. Only such a word as is good for edification, for building up according to the need of the moment, the need in that person's life. In that moment, what's that word that you can give them that will give grace, that it may give grace to those who hear it? Isn't that an awesome verse? So, who, let me ask you this question, who could not use a word of encouragement? Every person you met this past week could use a word of encouragement. Every person you meet this week, just burn it into your brain. Every person you lock eyes with could use a word of encouragement, a word of blessing, a word of affirmation, appreciation. William James said, the deepest longing in human nature is the craving to be appreciated. The deepest longing in human nature is the craving to be appreciated. So here's an assignment. Are you ready? You ready for your assignment? I, I just like to make messages like practical. I just, I just feel convicted and compelled and, I, and I, I want to make messages practical and relevant and applicable and, and, and some next steps that we can all take, next steps for myself as well as next step for you. So here's an assignment. Every person you meet this week, look for an opportunity to speak a word of encouragement to them. Every person you meet this week, look for an opportunity to speak a word of encouragement to them. Pray in the morning, Lord, help me to see people and to see what kind of word of encouragement I could give to that person today. Now, maybe it'll only be a brief conversation. You can't do much for a word of encouragement, so don't beat yourself up if you don't go 10 for 10 or 100 for 100 this week. But look for an opportunity with every person you meet to speak a word of encouragement or a blessing or an appreciation. I mean, we're talking about a person at the counter at Quick Trip. We're talking about the person, uh, the checker or the bagger at the grocery store. We're talking about uh, the server at a restaurant. If you're at a restaurant with, with a server, uh, we, we don't know anybody. We don't know their story. We don't know what they're going through. But I guarantee you a word of encouragement will go a long way, a word of appreciation. We're talking about your neighbors. When you see your neighbors, coworkers, if you see some coworkers, family, that, that's our assignment for the week, <laughs> okay? Every person that you see, look for an opportunity to speak a word of encouragement and let me know how it goes. Talk about it among your friends, family members, people that you're with today. Uh, what difference that will make. Start today as you leave church. You see somebody out in the lobby, out in the parking lot. What could you say to show appreciation, to bless them, to encourage them? Maybe it's a quality. 
that they have. Maybe it's some way that you just want to bless them with a quality, something that they did. Maybe somebody that you worked with in the last couple of weeks and some of those projects that we talked about Asbury's been a part of. You know, express your appreciation. Start today. Practice makes perfect. Got to practice it. So uh, Samuel Johnson said, the applause of a single human being is of great consequence. The applause of a single human being is of great consequence. So you be that single human being that will have great consequence this week. It's like the little boy who was with his dad. He said, Dad, let's play darts. I'll throw, and you say, way to go, son. Right? Yeah, you little boy. Yeah, I, I, I like to hear way to go, son. So you throw, dad, and I'll say, uh, and then you say, dad, way to go, son. Extend your branches this week. Provide some shade, provide some relief for others as you extend your branches. Extend a blessing. And one of the best ways you can extend a blessing this week is through positive and encouraging words. And as you do that, you know what happens? You will begin to thrive. That's just how God has made it. When we give it out, when we give it up, when we bless others, it comes back to us. And we begin to thrive because we got the roots and we got the reach and we thrive. So begin this, begin a week of thriving today. Extend a blessing. Let's pray. Lord God, we're just so thankful for your word that's so practical so powerful, so wise. But we just want to take a moment to confess that we blow it. We miss the mark. Lord, I have said some things, we have said some things that just were not edifying, that did not build up, but in fact, tore down and um, reduced life and did not provide any relief or any encouragement. So forgive us, Lord. And if there's anybody that we're in relationship with where that's been kind of a, the drumbeat and where we've failed maybe repeatedly or maybe just once this past week and we need to go and ask forgiveness, help us to do that and help us to start anew, to extend a blessing through our words. In Jesus' name.